Welcome to the No Palabras podcast. I am Yahanetsi. I'm Maria Jose. And I am Evelyn, where we center texts by BIPOC writers and creators. Join us as we indulge over our love of books, hold each other accountable to unlearning, and talk shit about things that matter to us. And should matter to you. Record. We yeah, recording. Sure. Yes. Yay. I guess, uh, welcome back to the <laughs> No Palabras podcast. <laughs> we definitely did not have to re-record part of this episode again. No. <laughs> we are pros. Never. <laughs> We love technology, and technology loves us, so, you know, first take, take one. <laughs> As y'all can tell, we're being sarcastic. We had to redo this intro, yep. so. At least yeah, this time it was at the beginning and not the end. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. I, know. I like how Janelle That's just, true. like, outed the fuck out of us this time. I know. She was, she like, was like, listen. This is a re-recording. And I was like, why would you out us? No, <laughs> You look like professionals. I'm Sounded so legit. No, <laughs> I hope... This is too late, but I hope people can hear me because, like, now you can't see if I... You know, like, normally you two are like, oh, we can't hear you, but... Oh, well. We can hear um, you. Yeah, oh. we can still hear you. So. Que bueno. What are we starting off with? Since we, we were, were um, so talking birthday. about birthdays. Birthdays. And y'all missed out. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I just dropped my mic. We should do this high at one point. No, I'm kidding. Oh, I don't know we if that's should. That would be so Fun. But I we don't tell anybody. Fun. But we don't tell anybody. True. True. Yeah. Um, I don't know if we'd be able to function in regards to the technology. Um, at that, we would point, have to set it up beforehand, and then you know, take a few hits or like eat then, a brownie or some shit. Yeah, then come back. I'm like, ooh, yeah. I feel like I, it would have to be a dense reading. A what? Like a very philosophical, like theoretical oh, reading. A dense, not dance. Dense. Oh, yeah, dense, dense. <laughs> I was like, why dancing? <laughs> Is that inspire you? When you're in Cries. <laughs> but I get it. Okay, dense. Yeah, so that way we can hella analyze it, like you were saying. Yeah. And be like, whoa, that shit was deep. And then it's when we're like sober, be like, nope, wasn't that deep. Mm. <laughs> That's how I was about my senior thesis in college. I wrote all of that um, thanks to Las Drogas. <laughs> that's the point though right that's what it's supposed to do yeah. for you inspire you make your mind open and shit yeah not just loopy and sleepy and hungry like it does to me <laughs> <laughs> cries yeah Hanessi starts like going yeah, into deep like, reflection I yeah. <laughs> like i get nothing from that <laughs> i feel like how was your birthday <laughs> <laughs> resumes <laughs> Birthday oh, conversation. <laughs> it was good. I turned thirty-one. Damn. Um, I know. That's I was weird. like, that is very odd. Um. So I set my thirtieth in the pandemic, which same cries. And then this year, I was like, oh, I'm not gonna make a big deal out of it. <laughs> I did it. I just did all the things that I like to do. So I was like, I'm not going to include anyone. It's just going to be me. Um, 
And then my partner, Zach, he, uh, reserve, he made reservations for dinner. That was nice. He got me flowers. That was really nice. Um, and chocolates. And, yeah, and then, um, I got a bunch of messages from family and stuff on the family WhatsApp, and, uh, which is always hilarious. Um, so, it was nice. And then, I went to the Lavender Festival, which was great, because I love the Lavender Festival, so that was nice, too. So, it was kind of a chill, a chill birthday and weekend, so... Yeah, didn't you go to that last year, too? No, not last year because of the pandemic, but yes, the the year before that, that I did. Um, What's the Lavender Festival? So, there's this um, lavender farm that hosts, like, a outdoor, like, festival every time the lavender blooms. So, you can um, cut your own lavender, make bouquets. Um, and then they sell, like, lavender things, so, like, soap, um, lotions, uh, baked goods, drinks, oh, everything wow. lavender, um, so it's really nice. That lavender, like lavender lemonade is so good. It's really good, yeah, so, um, Feels, so yeah, that's, yeah, that's what I did, it was nice. And then you start aging backwards after that, right? That's the the plan, right? Now after this, we're like, oh, now we're 29, little 28. Then we'll stop at like 26, because you know people ain't going to believe us if we're younger than that. So like 26, (laughs) y ahí nos quedamos por unos, maybe three or four years, and then... Surprise, yeah. we're actually 37. Yeah. <laughs> and then we actually, like, forget how mm-hmm. old we are and we're like... <laughs> it's okay. We know the year we were born, so we can just do the math. <laughs> we can count back. Yeah. yeah. Or ask no, our I'm partners. A, I'm actually... Uh, it's, like, exciting for me to turn another year older just because I'm, like... I'm older, I'm wiser, I'm alive. Um, so, let's, you know, my body tried to kill me at 27, so I'm very lucky to be alive now. Every time I get a year, year, Mm -hmm. I'm like, yay, I made it. Yeah, I didn't think I was going to make it to 30, to be honest. I always, for some reason, 27 was always like a... Yeah, you're going to be part of the 27 club. Yeah, right? Oh, my fucking God. I always Mm -hmm. thought I wasn't going to make it past 27. And then one of my friends died when he was 30 like a few years ago and so now that I'm 30 I I feel really weird like when I turned 30 I remember looking at his picture because he's on me he's on my altar and I was like I am now officially the age he was when he died and so it's like really weird to be I don't know why it just feels weird like I didn't think I was gonna make it to 30 and now that I'm actually here I'm still scared I'm not gonna make it past 30 (laughs) I mean, and I turned 30 in February, right? So, like, I'm not even, I still have the rest of El Año, pero, I don't know, it feels weird. I still feel 25. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still going to party. Like, I don't care. Max, 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 Max. I love that. Yeah. Mm. Anyways, point of this whole story is party hard, uh, Maria. Yes. 
Um, oh yeah, because I turned twenty four for those. Oh, because it was on the youth. other one. Yeah. I'm like, oh, you're uh, still in your youth. Please party hard. I did go to the club for my birthday. Um, that was fun. I went to the club with my best friend. It's just always Aww. me and her. Uh, she's the one that goes with me to the gay clubs. Cause like I said, oh like, yeah. We, yeah, you know, I'm 24 and I'm single for any listeners out there, not looking for anything serious, <laughs> just looking to have some fun. But I'm definitely taking this year with like a fuck it mentality and whatever opportunity that comes my way, I will be taking it. And I feel like letting go of fear or at least trying to let go of fear. Because um, I don't know, maybe like all these things that i'm you know like investing in early on in 24 will be something that will turn out to be amazing and like very cool experiences later on so i'm like super excited um for things that i have coming up um i'm also like my goal is to be published by 25 so i have a year to make that happen um, so I've been like writing every week, uh, which is something that I hadn't done because I really want to finish my novel. Um, not that I want that to be what's published by 25. Um, but I have some stuff that could be published, maybe. I don't know. We'll see. Her goals, yo. I'm just like, <laughs> I'm happy oh. I have a job. <laughs> Damn, I'm happy. That's good. Good, good for you. Sound like a mom. That's not the point. Um, <laughs> that's good because you are fearful, fearless, yes. not fearful. I was like, no, projecting no. myself onto you. You're fearless. You are a badass who has all this fucking talent. Thank you. Thank you. you need to start selling your shit so that we can all buy it and promote it more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm doing better Perfect. at that. So, yes, but I'm excited. I'm excited for. This year, it's also, I feel like, because of COVID, I didn't really, like, last year was just sort of, like, a blur. So, it feels Mm -hmm. like now I actually have the opportunity to, like, set goals and intentions for the year and actually carry those through. Because, literally, my goals for COVID was survive, bitch. Like, make it through. Make it through until we get a vaccine. And I made it through. (laughs) My body got me through it. You know, I'm here. Don't so, die from COVID. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that was my goal, my one intention for the year. <laughs> yeah, that's why I was like, any travel plans jumps on it. <laughs> I was like, do I want to go spend time with a ton of people I don't know in a, in Texas? Sure. Why the fuck not? Means I get out of state. Exactly. I had so many plans for traveling during like during 2020. I was gonna go to New York. I was gonna go to fucking. I was gonna actually go to Texas también for another conference. I was gonna go Mm. to. I don't even remember where. Point is, COVID killed everything. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, 2020 my year. No, did nothing because of COVID. I hated graduating okay. during COVID. Oh yeah, you because I did not get a graduation. Yeah. Oh. I hate yeah, and then I turned thirty a year, and I was you know so and it was I'm in February so like I don't there's still like I still couldn't go home and yeah I had no job anyways we're going into a drama point is <laughs> live your young life because you have a young life and yeah. party hard and yes. <sighs> I mean, you can still party hard at my age, like, at our age. Like, we still go do it, but at your nice. age, mass, porque your body's also, like, younger, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm like, Ooh. Enjoy, enjoy your youth after 
freaking 25, your body starts to hurt. It's yeah. Good. Alcohol hurts now. <laughs> it already does. Like, I feel like oh. because of COVID, like, I hadn't been drinking right? like I did when I was in undergrad. So, literally, y'all, like, well, also, I kind of went a little hard. But, like, the Friday that I went out to the club, I had, like, like a few shots, maybe, like, six shots before I left my house. And usually, like, I'm good. I can take... I'm a shot person, so I'll drink Same. the beer all night long, right? And so, like, I get to the club. I'm already drunk, and then we have two Jello shots. I have another drink, bro. That next morning, I was like, uh. Uh-uh. <laughs> I was like, I never throw up. I never have a hangover. Like I never. And this time, my body's betraying me, and I'm like, I did not like that. I was like, you're supposed to you're be like, a trooper. I did not raise you like this. Exactly. I was like, okay. whose body is this? Cause yeah, um, you're like, this is not okay. And that makes sense because the pandemic, like, if you didn't drink at home, you weren't drinking out. But, like, that's me now with, like, three shots. At your age, I could also be, like, <laughs> six, seven shots, and I was good. good. So now I'm just like, mm, three shots is enough. Um, yeah. Maybe a beer. Pero yeah. don't, don't give me more. Not anymore. Yes, to be That's yeah. how I felt. I'm like, mm. cries. <laughs> cries. <laughs> but you fine. know, it'll be okay. It's just like a matter of getting used to, I guess. That's what I'm telling myself. Anyways, I don't know how we got here. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if you either. <laughs> I was like, the readings for today. <laughs> right. This is why you all came. Um. <laughs> Oh, yes, we do have this podcast. Where we we are recording. <laughs> we kind of forgot about you, listeners. We apologize slightly. It's okay. They got all the cheese, man. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. We yeah. haven't talked I mean, in a while. <laughs> that it, it does feel that like forever. True. Yes. Um, cries. Cries again. Anyways. Uh, okay, so today we read something that I suggested. Let's we read, see. read like three poems. Oh, see, see. Say, yeah, man. It's actually from UTSA. I don't remember hey. how I got a hold of these poems. Yeah, I was going to ask you. I was like, where'd you get <laughs> yeah, these from? Like, wow. so, I have a lot of random readings I've kind of collected throughout the years um, mm-hmm. from professors, from people who are willing to share free poems and shit. So I honestly don't know where the hell this came from, but it was in my drive, in my Google Drive. And so I was like, I'll just find something. This looked really cool. It's in Spanglish. Um, and so it's called, it's from UTSA, so I'm assuming that's, it's the, I mean, it's the colors of a Texas school, so. Yeah, it's in San Antonio. Thank you. Um, the, it's called the Bil- Bilingual Review, La Revista mm-hmm. Bilingüe, and the three poems are Amor Rasquachi, Bien Rasquachi. The second poem is Con el Cucharón, With the Ladle. And the mm-hmm. last one is called Cubano Americano, Chicano Cubano with a Q. That's the whole thing. So yeah, and like all I, by Eddie sorry, Francisco Alvarez. They're all by the same, same person, right? Yes. Okay. And mm-hmm. State University of New York, Nonta. Oh, I can't talk. Something. Um. So yeah, I actually don't know where I found this. Um. Mm. But yeah, what did what did y'all think about? Let's just start with the first one so we don't have to, like, go all over the place. Because I feel like the okay. three were kind of different. Yeah. Uh, kind of? Yeah. Um, excuse mm-hmm. me. I wanted to start off with the question. Go for what it. What does, like, rasquache mean to y'all? Because I know that, like, Ooh. or rasquachi, because they put it with an I. But I know it as rasquache with the E. 
with the S sound. But yeah, I wanted to, to see what it means to y'all, like where the word comes from. So I've heard this word from you. <laughs> so I don't actually have a lot of knowledge in regard. <laughs> Why'd you mute yourself? Because <laughs> I was laughing so hard. <laughs> so I don't really know what this word means. Um, I haven't really read much on it. And this is my first time reading something with the word rasquachi in it. But you've talked about it before, right? Yeah. So I don't have any thoughts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like I've heard it before. And um, I don't really know what the meaning of it is, but um, I feel like it, in the in the forms that I've heard it before, it's like the opposite of like ser fresa. Oh. So that's kind of what I... At any time that I've heard it, it's kind of like that. Wait, and I'm the just like, opposite what? of fresa? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, like, the opposite of, like, preppy and bougie? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have not... Because, um, like, okay, so, like, this is where I'm a nerd out. But I actually use the concept of, like, rasquache futurism and, like, <clears throat> ooh, my voice went away. Um, in my senior thesis in college. Um, so like rasquache is a word that is intended to like the the way that the word has been used throughout like I, I'm gonna say Mexican language or like Mexican Spanish because that's the community that I grew up with. But it's it's a derogatory term that is supposed to indicate people who are uneducated um and like poor and laborers right like gente que like obreros que trabajan con las manos or like campesinos like mm-hmm. you're when you call someone rasquache it means like you're lesser than like um you know because of these traditions that like, usually people that get called this are like trabajan con las manos son pobres campesinos right um and so like rasquache is usually associated with that right another word that is like neighboring or like another group is like ser naco right so like ser naco y ser rasquache they're not the same but they're similar um and so like rasquache is very much like has like negative associations with like class and like race and like color of course but the way that like theory theorists have been taking rasquache to be is like when you actually analyze like these groups of people right the people that you are calling poor the people that you are calling uneducated right at the root of all that is resourcefulness right people who are rasquache make the most with what they have right Mm -hmm. um and so like they're 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 conceptualizing rasquacheness to be that right to be this idea of like we are the most resourceful that we can be with the little resources, right? So theorists have talked about, like, Rasquacha futurism. When we think about the future of, like, Chicano studies, like, we're thinking about a future in which this resourcefulness is what's at the root, right? People who know how to labor, people that know how to take care of the land, people who know how to make the most with little resources, right? Um, and so in my own research, I use this idea, like, because Rasquache Futurism is a very, very, very new within, like, the field of Chicano studies or, like, Chicano studies. 
Um, so there's not a lot of like actual theorists that are doing the work yet, or maybe it's still like within the works of being published. But two years ago when I was an undergrad, um, two, three years ago when I was an undergrad, like it's still couldn't find nothing on it. Um, but there's like artists that have taken this idea of Rasquache and like created a lot of art or not. I'm not going to say a lot of art because that's also overrepresenting stuff, but created art to begin to talk about this term. Right. And so to me, um, the way that I use it within my research was also that like, well, my research is around the Nopal, which is a whole other thing that we could talk about. But like it revolves around the Nopal. Right. But I feel like the. The idea of Rasquache futurism begins to destabilize a lot of Chicane theory that is rooted on the materiality of like the border. And instead of just rooting our ideologies within Chicane like theory, you're rooting it within this ideology of like that's grounded in people's work and people's labor that traditionally has been, you know, pushed off to the margins in a different way. Um, so I think it, you know, it begins to destabilize like ideas of class and race and colorism that exist both on both sides of the border, right? Um, so it's really cool. Um, I'm gonna do more work to see if I find articles about Raspache futurism or Raspacheness in general. But that's sort of like where it comes from. Um like this idea of Rasquache. And I don't know if y'all know the the artist Rafa Esparza. He was my professor um, at Oxy. And he takes this idea of Rasquacheness a lot within his art. Like he makes, he literally makes like, uh, like bricks de adobe. And that was literally like the first part of class we made a, a like adobe bricks. And so like he's been invited to like the Whitney and all these other places. And he places all his art in adobes. So it's like the contrast between like white tiles and white walls that you traditionally see in like art spaces. And he puts like this brick that's made out of like horse shit and hay and dirt. And like so like the juxtaposition of like labor that's associated with somebody that is Rasquache versus, you know, the pristine of like art spaces. Um so he does a lot of that kind of work and I feel like that's where this idea of like Rasquacheness was introduced to me within an academic space. Um, of course like within an art act like an art place as well. Um, but when I read that I was just like, oh my gosh, like this is interesting. Um, and I know I just went on a rant, but I like this word a lot too. I don't know. It kinda sounds like I don't know, like, I made a gesture, but of course the listeners can't see. I can't be like, <laughs> they can't see what I'm trying to, what I'm making with my hands. But to me, I feel like this idea of Rasquache is where the future of Chicane, like, theory is going. Or at least I would hope so. Because I feel like it could be very revolutionary. Um, because a lot of, even within Chicane academia, we still don't really look at issues of class mm. and labor mm. um, outside of this idea of like the laboring immigrant, right? Which I feel like we already know that narrative, right? Mm -hmm. And not that it's overdone, because I mean, like people still, we're, we're still laboring and we're still undocumented, right? And we're still not having labor rights, right? Mm. But our, we need to move past that or include other things as well, yeah. you know. Move like, to the side mm -hmm. and see other mm -hmm. things. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yes. I Googled what you're talking about. <laughs> so I see your <laughs> teacher. <laughs> That's cool. Um yeah. 
He's also very a very fine man. If I liked men, I'd like men like him. <laughs> very attractive man. Um, Are they straight? Cause like they no, they're see, very queer. Very, I was very gonna queer. say I'm like they look very, very queer in this one yes. with the <laughs> very 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 queer. Yes. Mm. I mean that's kind of cute though. Yeah. That's good very because then so. there's queerness also. Uh, you know, metido adentro de eso, because yep. that's also another part of Chicane theory that is not there. Mm-hmm. So that's beautiful. Very much facts. They're like, let's do this and do the queer mm-hmm. shit. Like, queering yeah. it. I love that. That's and I really feel cool. like the the idea of Rasquache futurism is rooted in queer theory to begin with. Like, it's queer artists um, that grew up poor um, who are reappropriating this term and making it something... Um, that is beautiful because if you like his work is just amazing he's a performance artist so like um a lot of his work is not something that's like archivable in the same way that like paintings are mm-hmm. um but just the way that he like gives himself to his work is just like i'm just like oh my gosh amazing como se llama rafa esparza okay Thank and you. he has like a collection of friends who who like are amazing queer Latinx artists um, like Sebastian Hernandez and Sancha. Uh, San is one and Cha is another. Like mm-hmm. her name is separated. Um, but yeah, I just, sorry, I went on a rant. But that's, I had a, I feel like going into this poem because of this background I have on sort of like Rasquacha futurism, like, um, I feel like I read the poem in a very like magical, whimsical way um, that I don't know if y'all read it as well. Um, like personally, the first and the last poem were my favorites. I feel like the second poem, the interwining of the English and the Spanish was sort of inorganic to me. Um, but what are your thoughts? I know that I just went on a rant about the title of the poem. <laughs> What are the thoughts of the the core of this poem, not just the title? <laughs> I think, like, sorry, I... <clears throat> oh, okay, cool. <clears throat> I think... I think, yeah, like we were saying, because I didn't really know that it was... Like, I, I've heard the word because of you, didn't Google enough, did not really do any research outside of what you've talked about and so I was just like this sounds like a very paisa queer like um it was something I could relate to right because they are of course naming things like people's names like Selena like um como se llama Lola Beltran Gloria Trevi like people that I Mm -hmm. like know and grew up with right and so I think for me I even wrote Chamoy Churritos Duvalin, and I was like, I felt that, right? Like, because I, not that I have never seen it in a poem, because, like, I have, but, like, the majority of the poem, I was like, oh, I know everything that they're talking about, and I, like, I I understood it, and I was like, oh, that's adorable. Like, that's beautiful, right? That's feelings. Happy, cute, I don't even know. I'm like, how do you describe feelings? Like, they're not happy, cute, they're just cute, they're just cool. You can tell I'm a millennial. I don't have any words outside of cool. Uh, (laughs) Can't say the word lit because I sound stupid. But you know what I mean? Like, it just feels like 
it's I don't know. It's just I don't know. Mm. Yeah, magical. Ugh. I, I wrote that. I wrote that on here. I was just like, it gives me a lot of like magical like yeah query vibes <laughs> for me it was like como sentimiento i don't know how to explain yes, that like, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> you know como que me dio sentimiento i feel yeah. like that's what happened to me when i uh read it and not knowing too much about the word um or like where it comes from i did feel like i connected with it because it was talking about things that um i'm familiar with right they're familiar um grew up with them um, or at least seeing most of those things, right? Um, the traditions and stuff like that. So, sí, como que me do, you know, me dio sentimiento of like, oh my God, <laughs> that's me. <laughs> Cries. It also like made me really reminisce on the type of love that I wish to have one right? day. Like all of these little cutesy stuff, I was just mm-hmm. like, if if a woman were to ever write poems <laughs> that are gay like this about me, she she will be my wife, like that woman right there. Cause like he writes like bajo la luna llena que hoy me inspira yeah. a escribir estos versos about you. Like he he like I'm like what? Like this is this is beautiful. Yeah. And then he said te quiero así con mi amor rascuache un mezcal de como agua para chocolate. And I was just mm. like just like i'm just like wow 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 i don't know and i love i the water for chocolate or agua para chocolate i love that book Mm -hmm. and so i was just like wow wow and then like in that same verso he's just like realismo magico which is that's when i was just like i wrote magical earlier on so magical realism yes y luego una urgencia política which i feel like and I don't think this is talked about, or we, I don't think we've talked about this right, but I feel like he's very much talking about love and the way that it's interwined, not only within the realm of love, right, but like his art, his love is also political and politicized, right, just because of like who he is as a queer man. And like, I feel like that's something that I didn't realize that I wanted out of Rom- like love or like I was going to say romantic relationships but I feel like love extends beyond that but just like mm. being able to share that same passion for like I'm not going to say politics in the traditional way right but like like social issues or just like reflecting on your existence within society right I didn't realize how important that was and I feel like this poem, yes, it's cutesy, and it's like, I'm like, if somebody were to be like, this reminds me of you, I'd be like, I'm in love. But like, even just like at the end, they name all of these writers that I'm just like, yes, it's a love, but it's like a radical love that I'm just like, I want to have that one day, mm-hmm. <laughs> hopefully. Mm-hmm. 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 Yes. Well, it takes, like, into consideration the identity of the person, too, right? Like, fully. And I feel like that's kind of what uh, I gravitated towards in, in that first poem. Mm. I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I think... Yeah, cause, go ahead. Sorry. Nope. Evelyn, I cut you off. Go for it. No, go ahead. Um, I was just going to say, I think adding to that, like, 
ironically, like this, us, as we're talking, this, from my point of view, como, it makes me realize why, like, my current job is stressful, right? Like, I don't have people who can understand this um, at the level that, like, we might, or the level that I do, right? Or, like, I'm very much separated from my own community and my job. Whereas, like, in the past, I was able to kind of be surrounded by more people who understood this more. Like, the, again, not traditional, but, like, po like p political, but, like, political, right? Or, like, social awareness or shit like that. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm just thinking out loud, to be honest. But I think to comment on one of you talking I don't remember who um <laughs> sorry <laughs> I'm just We're like sorry, who said it who page, said it like, it's Tuesday it's okay. yes, um it's, it's fine. but yeah like I think at least for me I I probably learned probably around your age too that I needed people who represented certain parts of me right who I loved yeah. right I always thought I was going to marry a Mexican, actually. Um, <laughs> my wife knows this. She's fine. She's not pressed. Um, this is not revealing any new tea. Yeah, she, she already knows. But, and for, you know, and for those listening, like, my wife's not Mexican. My wife is, you know. Um, but the point is, like, I I always envision myself with a, with a Mexican person because I wanted this type of understanding, right? Because, yeah. like love like this is very different than love in English sometimes. Mm -hmm. And so I always envision myself with a Mexican person. Most of the people I dated were Latinas. Um, with the exception of like my wife and like one other person, right? Um, and even that one other person, like they were slightly paisa who loved Mexican shit. And so I like, guess there was still like a connection. <laughs> yeah. Um, which is funny because I'm like, I think that's why we got along because like they tried to speak in Spanish and they would like they liked Mexican shit and I was like even if you know if I end up with them it's cool because they still like slightly Mexican <laughs> they get it to an extent not the point the point is like I always was a I was like I'm gonna marry a Latina because I need them to know Spanish I need them to get it to know the stupid like jokes I don't know and this is what that poem kind of feels like it feels like there's this common, this common, like, unity, even if it's rooted in, like, you know, like, I don't know, they're not insignificant, but they're just, like, things, I don't know, I don't, I'm not, hold on, I need to think more before I keep talking. Yeah, yeah. no, I think it makes sense, honestly, because that's one of the things that I thought of, too, when reading this, in my relationship with a white man, um, obviously, he knows this, <laughs> Um, this isn't new tea either, um, but, you know, he's never going to understand this part of my identity, right? Even though, you know, he makes an effort and stuff like that. Like, it's just not going to be that type, right? And so, um, yeah, it just, you know, I think there is something to, uh, in relationships and maybe not even romantic ones where you, you know, you need to see yourself with others right or in others um to have kind of that connection and um that's what i was gonna yeah. say yeah yeah thank so, you i'm like words are hard that's what i was gonna say <laughs> fuck i can't talk and i have a 
Charlie horse in my feet for some oh, This is what no. happens when you're old. I wasn't doing anything but just sitting That's here. Not, yeah, it's not it's good. Not <laughs> and now my foot's hurting anyways. That's why no, I look like I'm in pain if you want. I know. And I'm just like, I feel like you were trying to silence your pain. And I'm just like, you can just mute yourself. I did, I did mute myself. You guys couldn't hear me, but I muted myself. Um, oh, okay. I was going to say... So at about probably around Maria's age, I started to kind of like really leave certain people and I started to be like, okay, no, I need a friend who is undocumented, right? Because like they can understand my undocumented parts. I need a friend who is Mexican and queer because I need them to understand my Mexican queerness. I need a friend who's an introvert or who's a book nerd, right? So like I have a lot of friends for different things, which sounds and sometimes people are like, damn, how many people are you? Because I, I can be, I'm like, it depends on, like, the friend. And then, it, like, it depends mm-hmm. who I am with that friend, right? Like, some people yeah. don't see all sides of me. Some people see all sides of me. Some mm-hmm. people just see the side that benefits the friendship. Like, but I, mm-hmm. it, like, is very selfish. And it's more, like, this is what I need from a friend. So I'm going to, like, tengo mi introvert group. Pero tengo también mi crazy as fuck party group. Tengo mi whole group. Like, tengo mi... Right, like I have a lot of friend groups, <laughs> and then I have one or two friends that are literally todo eso. Right, they're the partiers, they are like hoes, they are book nerds, they are Mexican, and they're queer. Like I was able to find a few that are like all of that. Um, but I think finding that connection with people, like that, reflects back to who you are as a person. I feel like it's something everybody should do. Like, why would we put up with people who don't reflect right. who we are? Like, uh, you know what I mean? Por eso nomás tengo como, like, one or two gringo friends. Because I'm just like, we connect on, like, my assimilated part of me. Like, I like mm-hmm. music in English. I grew up with rock music, with alternative rock and, like, shit like that. So I connect with, like, my white friends on, like, very white things, <laughs> you know? But that's pretty much it. Después de eso, I'm like, mm, okay, qué bueno. I'll see you next year. <laughs> I'm going to offer a different piece. I feel do it, like... Do it, do it. And it's not necessarily, like, opposite or whatever. Because I don't like being devil's advocate. That's not who I like to be. I feel really? like... Really? The idea of devil's advocate, <laughs> I feel like, is very white. Like, white men do this all the time just to be the one that gives the opposite opinion. So that's why I'm just like, mm, don't like using that terminology. But, like, reflecting on this relationship that I recently got out of, right, um, I feel that the reason that I was so hung up on her was because we shared a lot of this sameness, right? Like... We were both the daughter of immigrants. She was the only daughter and I was the eldest daughter. So there was still a lot of like similar responsibilities. Like she was in a nuclear family to where it was just like four of them, like her brother, her and her parents. And for me, it was me, my sister and my parents, right? Um, Very much rooted in family. We grew up Catholic, right? so it's just like we shared a lot of sameness and a lot of things like about my Mexicanness, about like also my assimilated parts right even like we both went to a pwi we both are the part of the same sorority like 
We shared so Ooh, much sameness. Yes. Sure. <laughs> I've been there, ho. I've been there. It's uh, not fun. Listen, I I found that out <laughs> recently, you know, with this relationship. I found that out. It's not fun. But anyway, we shared so much sameness. <laughs> you know, I'm just like, I wish they could see my face because my hope, facial looks. <laughs> I hope they're not listening. Like, I hope they're not like, oh, I missed them. Let me jump on to their no, podcast. No, I hope she doesn't. <laughs> I, she didn't listen to my podcast when we were together, so I don't expect oh, her to okay. listen to the podcast now that we're not together. We still but, you know, like, her, you know? Yeah. I mean, I could, but I won't. Mm. I really want to, but Sorry. I know I'll regret it later. Anyway, anyway. I was, I was triggered. My bad. Let's move on. I said same sorority, and you're like, I've been there. I've been Dude, there. Dude, I've been there twice. So, like, <laughs> I'm not doing got, this again. I got enemies on both sides of me. Mm-mm. No, no, they're not no, enemies. No, no. Just one of them hates me. Not the point. Back oh, to dang, you. <laughs> oh dang! Oh dang! But like we shared so much sameness that I feel like I wanted to cling to that so bad. I'm just like, but where we didn't, you know, meet at was the political side, the social mm. side, the you know, like mm. she was in a place where mm-hmm. like she didn't celebrate her queerness, and I'm just like that's such a big part of who I am. That is just like now I understand that that's a non-negotiable. Like yes, we might share in all these places, but if we don't share in that political, that social justice, that queer as fuck love, then it's like all of the rest of the stuff are so minimal to me. Mm-hmm. Because it's just like I feel like because of my queerness, the way I experience my womanness, like my brownness, right, my fatness is so much different. And it's just like, to her, her queerness was something she wanted to keep in the margins. Mm. And it's just like, for me, the only way I didn't feel in the margins was by celebrating my queerness. Um, And it's just like, you know, like, I really wanted us to work, but it was because like, I feel like I've always had to explain so much about myself with other partners. And it's not that I've dated partners who are, all of my partners have been Latinx. But they've been Latinx folks who don't speak Spanish or who are generations removed from their migration story, whose parents are documented. Like, so that part, I feel like I was just like, you don't understand what it's like to be the oldest daughter of immigrants. Mm -hmm. And mind you, she didn't have that identity, but she's the only daughter. Like, it's just her and her brother. So it's just like our responsibilities within the household were very similar So it's just, like, the fact that I didn't have to explain, like, those facets of myself. I was just, like, it was so new to me that I didn't have to explain the Duvalin type of love, the Duvalin and Chetitos and all this other stuff that the poem talks about. Like, I didn't have to explain. Yeah, and Chamoy. But, you know, like, Viva La Joteria was something that I couldn't do with her because she was not okay with being a homosexual. And I'm just, like... And that part, I feel like, I'm just like, I wish that they really could see. I'm just like. She, shaved, like, she is waving her arms towards her face and away yeah. from her like, face mm-hmm. in a very fast motion in frustration. Yes. <laughs> in frustration. Mm-hmm. And this is T that I don't know if I'll keep on here, but she told her friend that we broke up because of a matter of expectations. Like we had different expectations for the relationship. And I was like, no, like, you allowed me to continue to be intimate with you, both in, like, intimate spaces and just intimacy in general, even though you had already decided that you didn't love me because your parents seemed, seemed upset that you were 
gay. And so I'm just like, I don't think that's a matter of expectations. It's a matter of you didn't want to be gay and you keep kept leading me on until I asked you if you still loved me. And it wasn't until a week or two after you had decided you didn't love me anymore. And it wasn't it was it wasn't until I asked that that conversation happened, you know, so it was just like after that, I, I was like, ooh. Like, you don't even know the reason why we broke up. Like, you still haven't even come to terms with the fact that you hate yourself for being gay. And so it's just, Mm. like, I feel like it made me reflect on that part, right? Because it's just, like, I feel like since the beginning I knew something was off. But I feel like this poem added that political piece that is just, like, yes, I want love. But I want a radical love. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That can openly be, like, viva la coteria and, like... Mm -hmm. You know, and it's just like all this other shit, like, and if it's not that like that, like I'm, I'm done compromising for a love that isn't that, like. So, if Maria's gonna be single forever, you know, it's fine. No, because I, I, I I don't want to deal with mediocre, mediocre versions of love. Like I, and especially with a lot of these readings that we've been doing, I'm just like I want to be loved a certain way, Mm -hmm. and it's just like I'm tired of making excuses for people not to love me the way that I want to, especially not if it's like. I'm I'm expressing what I need and what I want and if you can't give that to me like you need to be straight up because I don't want to waste my time no more with people who don't accept themselves don't accept who they are don't accept the situation like we're not doing we're not doing that no more and I'm definitely not dating people in my sorority no more I learned my lesson (laughs) maybe I'm like learned it real hard (laughs) like I said I need to fail at least twice no I'm kidding um (laughs) You Sorry. said five times. <laughs> well, <laughs> anyways, not going to go into my my path. Um, but the point is, I was going to say, first of all, you are very emotionally mature for your age. Um, <laughs> trauma. Right? Therapy. No, no, no. But not even, like, people don't always learn from the trauma. They That's either, true. like, se hacen patras o se quedan donde están y luego mm-hmm. quedan... Yeah. Uh, like me and Evelyn that's how she is she's 28 bro like (gasps) and I thought I thought she was your age no she's 28 oh really okay that's like I that's I saw 28 and like she's also like very like she's I do like older women (laughs) also if there's older women out there if you're looking for a sugar baby I'm here I take, I'll give you all the attention you want. You can give me all the attention you want to give me. I love, I'm attention whore. So <laughs> I feel like sugar mamas out there would love me. But anyway, this is not where we're going. But when we started talking, I was just like, she's in a very stable place professionally. Mm. And it's just like, I've always dated people who were still figuring out their professional side. So it was very attractive that like, she she had she had it like she was professionally good and i'm like well if you professionally good then other aspects of your life must be good and then i was like you're oh no rookie mistake very very much rookie mistake because i was just like you're 28 you have no semblance of emotional intelligence you have a you run away from problems like yeah that's not yeah. good, especially at, like if they're not willing to 
like work on their issues. Yeah. And did or it, even address that they're there, right? Exactly. It's it's sad. And I think to, you know, kind of it address the part about like so yes, what you're saying is hella valid, right? I think what you need and what you love doesn't match where they're at in regards to coming out. And sadly they they mostly they might end up marrying a dude and having a few babies before they realize, oh shit, I'm actually not straight, yeah. right? But oh, yeah. she's she's been tweeting about going to the club and dancing with men, and I'm just like, you're that's like, interesting. Kick you, mm-hmm. yeah. I was like, yeah, you really trying to live that hetero life, even and though you're, whole- and that's gross. Okay, that's like not not that feels yes. mean to say out loud, but like but, but- I think. It's just like, ew, dude's groping. Okay, not the point. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, in regards to her, in her, right, like, I think it's valid for her to be scared to come out because it's still a scary thing. It's still, yeah, like, it's still a very scary thing to go through mm-hmm. in a Mexican family, right? Like, I, and, and I, so, like, that, that yeah. part in itself is valid, right? And I think that's hard. Yeah. Even if she's 28. That's still hard. It's still hard to come mm-hmm. out to yourself, to mm-hmm. your family, mm-hmm. to people that mm-hmm. know you for whatever. It's hard, right? But like, this is not where you're at, and that's that yeah. just mean like you know you just you're not gonna sacrifice, and that's good. It's good that you know that so young. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. good. Yeah. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> I am proud of you. <laughs> I know I'm. I've only known you for like not even a year, but I'm proud of you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and I mean, it's I mean, and I still have, like, so, you know how I, I had a, a low-key uh, fender bender today, and I tweeted something on, I well, obviously I tweeted something on Twitter, but I tweeted something, and this girl's like, you okay? And I'm just like, you don't, you don't have the right, you don't have the access to me anymore, like, you can't just be checking mm-hmm. in on me, especially because, like, after we broke up, like, I was just like, I low-key still want to be friends with you. But she was just like, we're not together. We're not going to be together. And I was like, okay, bitch, if you want me to remove myself from your life, I will do that. And so, like, I was just like, you didn't leave a door open for us to be friends, but now you want to check up on me. So it was just like, it was just a, a lot. Not that yeah. I, you know, just spent this podcast ranting about my relationship. But this poem really, <laughs> really okay. made me reflect on, like, you know, like, that that piece of it and i'm just like i know that i was missing from it especially because you know i recently got dumped so i'm just like cries everything i saw amor and i was just like yeah you really you know i'm heartbroken and a sad girl (laughs) over here and you're choosing shit about love okay okay hold up back the fuck up i chose this because it was like a poem and because it was uh it was like only three pages long and I was like, we decided to meet like one day before. So I was like, okay, yeah. not very long. And Fair. it's a poem. So I was like, stick it. I didn't even read it. I didn't see what it was about okay. until like today. And I was like, oh, look, let's watch it. You're like, oh, I've heard this before. I, I was like, this. oh, she, she's going to appreciate the fact that, you know, it's something I she's did. talked about. I appreciated it too but much. <laughs> you're like, and now I'm reflecting on You're like, on but all my life. On all my life. Which is a point to make here of, I think the when readings or when um texts or books or whatever we read this is what i think from my point of view reading should do for people right like is inspire you to think deeper to analyze it in yourself to kind of translate it to like whatever's going on in your life 
feels like a tarot reading almost, but like that's that's kind of what I'm okay that we're, you know, kind of talking about this because like it's making us realize things in ourselves, and that's important. That's what that's what reading should do, and that's what mm-hmm. love like that's what books should do for you. Yeah. Like you should be reading things that make you want to do things, make mm-hmm. you want to take action, make you want to move. Like don't just be reading boring shit that you don't like. Don't do right. that. Don't because that's why that's why you hate reading. An, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. That's why people exactly. are like, I hate reading. You're not reading the right shit. Then go yeah. find something else to read, because there are yes. things that are inspiring, right? Anyways, mm-hmm. rant. But no, the but point I mean, is, like, it's really true. I feel like a lot of people that say they don't like to read is because they haven't found text that they connect with, and mm-hmm. it's just like I feel that text finds us, like readings and words find us at the right time. Mm. Um, so it was a time for this because I'm closing that chapter of my life with this girl and i've learned a lot about the non-negotiables in my life um and i feel like even within this poem like there's a lot of things that i didn't realize were non-negotiables until i read it and i have language to talk about what it is that i want out of a relationship with somebody so you know i'll find my wife when i'm doing my phd it's fine i've accepted it that's fine. I've accepted it. And you will make cute, you will do cute, nerdy, PhD, yes. fucking love things in the library. Oh, <gasps> like yes. Juliet. Yes. <laughs> Listen, we need to leave that Girl. conversation for when we talk when about that. Okay, 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 okay. We'll bring it back up. Let's remember that because that was the hottest part. I was like, yes. Exactly. And I was life. like, this, this is exactly like if my wife is listening to the podcast, you need to meet me at a library. Yeah. Well, um, that's all I'm going to say. Doesn't it talk about un altar de libros? Yes. Yes. I, I yes. highlighted that. I'm like, yeah, oh. I was like, oh my god, I'm dying right now. <laughs> me. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's real love. If you know me, if you love me, you will book talk with like, you will you will send me poems or like snippets of things that are like remind you of like that's love. Like that's love to me. I'm just like cries internally externally todo i fucking love that shit that's love language for me anyways um (laughs) but yes as you see we all love the first poem yes i think we all really liked it the second Mm -hmm. one was okay um i think it was more like it was more like i don't even know like respect Mm -hmm. your matriarch and like the the things Mm -hmm. that kind of Como se dice? Like, el cucharón was kind of, like, felt like an heirloom. And that sounds yeah. gross out mm-hmm. loud. But, like, it felt like an heirloom mm-hmm. that was, like, kind of be passed down. But, you know. And it also, like, was, like, the merger of things. Like, where things mm-hmm. were brought together. Mm-hmm. I feel like, um, wasn't my favorite. Like I said, I feel like the writing. Now that, you know, not to, not to be a stickler for the way things are written. <laughs> But I felt like the Spanish and the English here were intertwined very inauthentically. Mm-hmm. It just seemed like we were in Spanish and then we were in English. And then I was like, this transition for me was not it. Um, the second poem, though, um, again, very queer. And I feel like um, 
the author is like Mexican and Cuban. Um, so he talks about sort of the idea of home um, and how like some like he's only Cuban by like memories or by tales like he doesn't have a connection to Cuba. Um, so that was interesting because I feel like for me Mexico at, at like was always something that I had like very real roots to because I would go to Mexico every summer. So it was interesting to see that perspective from him. I feel like when I think of a ladle, I just think of a cuchara that my mom's going to hit me with. <laughs> like, bam! Like, in the kitchen, like, you cut that wrong, you know? <laughs> but in Spanish, like... <laughs> like, pendeja no sabes, pat! Like, I... So I think that's all I could think about. <laughs> when every time... The trauma <laughs> of a... <laughs> of a cucharon. I was of like... I was like, this nope, isn't I ain't cute having to me. this. <laughs> You're like, this is not. No, this is not no. it. No, <laughs> I was like, cool. So I, I think that I think my, my initial reaction was to that, and so I was like, okay, cool, moving on. <laughs> I didn't really focus on it. Yeah, me neither. I feel like yeah, like similar to Maria, that I felt like some of the English in the second poem. I was like, mm, I'm not feeling it. I'm like, I don't know why, but I'm not feeling it. <laughs> So I think maybe it's because that, like, it didn't seem authentic and it didn't come through um, in the poem at all. So. What about the third one? What do y'all think about that one? I can't remember it. <laughs> I'm, yeah, like, looking like, over it because I was like, That's the one where he's talking about being oh, yeah, that's, Mexican okay. and Cuban. Um, I feel like... And this is going to sound really bad. Um, <laughs> the best sentence is stuck that way, apparently. I know, I'm like, I know. But I feel like this trope of, like, being caught between borders, as we talk about, like, national identity, I feel like it's overdone a lot, too. Uh, I appreciate it because it was also talking about queerness in the intersection of it. But I've read so many poems of Chicane folks being, like, Mexican dash American like <laughs> let me tell and I'm like bro I've lived it I don't need you to tell me because this is my lived experience so I feel like it's just so close to home that I'm just like they don't really I'm just like at this point I'm like desensitized to the writing um but I appreciated some of the stuff like this idea of like secondhand memories and like how that created his identity like i appreciated the way that he conceptualized the creation of his cuban versus his mexican identity um but yeah the the generalness of the poem i feel like every time i, I zone out i'm just like oh i heard this before like but the last part i was like okay i can i can get back into this i have a question what yes. the hell did they mean by pato I've never heard that as a, a homophobic slur. Oh, like, is that supposed to be homophobic? Because it starts by saying, oh. I am yeah, Chicano says, and Joto and Pato. Oh, yeah, and Maricón. Okay, it's Yeah, because it's two. like the, the okay. you know, like, I I didn't think it was a homophobic slur, but then Maricón was the one that followed. So I was just mm. like, maybe he's listening. And then, like, queer followed that, too. Mm -hmm. So I was just like, I feel like these are all, like, homophobic slurs. But I've never heard 
Zapato before. I've maybe never heard that that's either. maybe that's like a Cuban thing. I don't maybe. know because I've never. I feel yeah. like I would have heard it by now. My family yeah. is always using the word Joto and maricón like fucking. Yeah. Every other yeah, yeah yeah and I'm just like cool I'm right here no big deal. Same um, like the other day my my <laughs> parents called my dog Joto and I'm just like like his mother and then they were uncomfortable and they've never said it again. <laughs> Yeah, what I was kind of, yeah, it's because my, my dog is very vocal and like sentimental, like when people leave, he cries Aww, and he cries it. and he cries, but I was just like, the fact that y'all are assigning these, I'm like, he's a dog, <laughs> he's, he's a dog, but, and that's beside the point, we're talking about, and that's about derogatory, yeah, like, exactly. that's so, yeah. like we call our little dog gay tambien, but that's because he likes sniffing the balls on other dogs. So we're just like, yep, you gay. Just like the family. Like, cool. It runs in the family. Yep, awesome. But like in an empowering way, you know? Like, welcome to the gay family. Like, go sniff those go balls. Go sniff those you. balls, Lesoto. Go. And he's a tiny dog. And he, you know, the other dog's like way bigger than him. So he's like all up there. And I'm just like, dude, you're going to get eaten by the big dogs. Anyways. But the point is that, like, that's rude. Anyways, yeah. Pato might be something else. We'll have to look so. it up. We'll tell y'all next yeah. time. Because <laughs> I've never heard we'll, that we'll before. Like, I know all the lesbian slurs because we read that <laughs> on our book club, Yakanetsi, for last time. But not. And then queer is with an I. So I'm a queer. 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 <laughs> nope. Can't roll queer. my R's. Queer. Uh, uh, uh. Nope. Queer. <laughs> <laughs> Weird. <laughs> My voice changes in Spanish and English, apparently. <laughs> it's, okay, it's okay, it's okay. Anyways, um, fiddle, fidel, fiddle bashing, fidel bashing. I Where is that at? It's at the very bottom, like the second to last paragraph. It says fiddle bashing at holiday parties. And I don't know if that's in Spanish or English because I read it as fidel. And I was like, I don't think I'm reading it right. Fidel bashing. Ah, uh, you know what I read it as? Fidel. <laughs> <laughs> not, at, not at all what that says. Somebody Dang. <laughs> Apparently I can't read. <laughs> I think it's fiddle. What the fuck is... Okay, I should es know Es como un instrumento. Oh. <clears throat> So maybe like the playing of instruments at a holiday party. Okay, that's, that's a Cuban what I would, thing. Got yeah. Because it. it says Cuban. Yeah. Okay. Y ropa vieja isn't actually ropa vieja. It's I know that's stew. food. Okay, yeah. yeah. I know that's yeah. food. Just I know cause. my food. I know my <laughs> <laughs> for the listeners. I know y'all know, but for the listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, enchiladas. Yeah, when they start talking about food, that's when my eyes open, you know? Like, like I, I understand mm-hmm. this part. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, makes me hungry. That's why. That's probably why you said us Fidel versus Fidel. Yeah, Fiddle. That's <laughs> Fiddle. Listen. Fiddle. Fidel. It's late, y'all. I no don't know. Price. I can't tell. Is it Fidel or It's Fiddle. Fiddle. It's not Fidel. I was I going don't know. to. T- <laughs> I know this is like an hour later. But, um, which we should end it soon. <laughs> but, oh, let's do our um, goodbyes and then we, you could tell us. No, or no, go about, ahead and then we'll... It was about oh, okay, the, okay. what we're talking about. Oh, okay. Because um, okay. earlier we talked about, we talked about rascuache and, like, mm-hmm. resourcefulness, right? And yeah. I always think of that resourcefulness 
the thing, the first thing that comes to me is, like, food, right? Mm-hmm. Like, even though we knew we were poor growing up, we still ate pretty, like, yeah. like Mexican food is not, it's not that hard, it's not that expensive to make. Like, we ate, like, pozoles and, like, menudo and, like, enchiladas. Like, most of our stuff is not doesn't it's like very similar ingredients which people that don't know that like they are right like tortillas like things like that but we were poor and i like we were poor growing up and we still ate in a resourceful resourceful way like i think like something i'm really sad that my mom my mom never passed down to me was like making food last and making making it como se dice like making it not spoil in the fridge like how the hell do we not, how does food not spoil in a Mexican household? In my house, it's always spoiling. I'm always like, why is this milk? First, I didn't know until I was an adult that milk lasts like a week. Because in my house, growing up, I always thought it lasted forever. <laughs> nope, that shit goes bad really quickly. But it's because I don't really, that stuff wasn't passed down. I don't know how to make food last. I don't, It because I chose not to be in the kitchen, because I was like, very anti-woman very I was like nah I'm not gonna be whatever I was like I'm not gonna be la mujer de la casa you know even though I was straight then I still was like I'm not gonna learn to cook for a man fuck that shit my baby queered was coming out whatever now I'm like bitch you should have at least learned how to (laughs) preserve food because now I'm like every cada vez que how do you explain this hold on I'm trying to do my best here like, it's not, there's common sense. There's a Mexican common sense of, like, when you see some ingredients and you're just like, oh, this can be, dumb. this can be uh, quesadillas, this can be this, this can be this, this can be that. And I don't have the this, 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 and that, right? I only have, like, oh, I can make quesadillas, but I don't know what else to make with this. Or, oh, I can make enchiladas, but I don't know what else I could do with it. But if my mom were to see it, she'd be like, Make some fucking tacos de papa. Make some tostadas. Make th- And, like, those things are not common sense to me. And it did not get passed down for some reason. And now, as an adult, craving my mother's food, sitting here in my house, I'm just like, no tenemos nada de comer. But, like, if my mom was to go into my kitchen, she'd be like, bitch, do you not see your fridge? Like, you have food. And so, <laughs> I went into a whole tangent of food. But, like, the point is, like, that's like not something that was passed down sadly mm-hmm. but I, I always think of us when we're resourceful we food was a thing we never really went hungry like because we would make the most like you can do a lot with una olla de frijoles you can do a lot with like queso you can do a lot with tortillas you can do a lot with like the basic ingredients that we use in like a lot of our meals so it was it wasn't like, that's what comes to me, right? Like, resourcefulness. And also, talking about resourcefulness, I always get I always got really annoyed growing up because, like, in my family, my family is very resourceful, right? Like, we're, we were very poor, but, like, they knew how to network. It's so funny to think these things now as an adult because I always think of it in academic terms, and, I, and it's really annoying, and I, I'm very sad that that's how I think of it now. But anyways, like, they knew how to network with community members, right? They, like... Era todo por palabra. Like, they know who to go to to, like, get used cars that are, that are good cars. Like, like they like they didn't have to take classes at a community college or at a college to know how to network. They didn't have to, like, 
read certain books or theory to like know how to be community people right I, I don't even know how to explain this anymore <clears throat> and so I'm like resourcefulness is just it's out of our survival obviously mm-hmm. but growing up when I was told that we were lazy as Mexicans right and that we didn't know what the fuck we were doing and all these like all these things that they put in your head I would look at my family and be like but we're resourced like those words weren't what came but I was like but it felt I was like but we're resourceful like but we but like we know what we're doing but like we get cheap shit when we need it but like you know what I mean like it was Mm -hmm. very contradicting to grow up in a in like a society that was like y'all are lazy like Mexicans don't want to go to school yeah like you're doing it wrong you're mm-hmm. not assimilating. <laughs> yeah, and then, like... But then you're like, it functions, though. Like, Yeah, I'm fine. like, but we're doing good. Like, you're are great. we thriving and, like, traveling? No, obviously not. But we know how to make the most of everything. Like, we know... It, that's why, like, my friend always jokes on her Instagram. It's like, Mexicans are hell, like, are hell environmental without trying to be. Like... <laughs> Exactly. Like they don't know that you have to recycle, but like those bitches are like, "Dame the tub," and I'm gonna stick. You know, like those are jokes that we make now, but like those are literally things that yeah. are resourceful. Like, mm-hmm. so now it's really weird growing, living in mi casa now, and like my wife is always like, "Let's just buy it," and I'm just like, "Why? If we could probably make it out of something, like." <laughs> Like, I don't even have an example for that. But, like, sometimes, like, we'll we'll get into argument, not arguments, but, like, classy arguments where she's, like, I'll just buy a new one. And I'm, like, how about we try to fix it? Like, how about we get a screw and, like, open it and just try to see what's wrong with it versus just throwing it away or donating it and then buying a whole new thing? Like, that doesn't make sense to me, right? But I think it's, it's from this mentality of, like, I grew up surviving, Right, I grew up casi con nada, so I had to do those things. Like I had to. Anyways, small tangent, but fuck the haters. We resourceful. Very much so. Very true. Very communal. Community care. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck all the haters. Anyways, um, thanks for coming, everybody. (laughs) Yes, thanks for joining us for this episode number six. I don't even know. Oh my gosh, my TV glitched. But yeah, number six. For... Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry, we're all talking <laughs> at the same time. Go ahead, whoever was talking. I was just like, thank you to our listeners for joining us once again. Um, I know it's been a little while since y'all have listened to us, but it's okay. Or maybe no, because we recorded. It'll be never mind. JK, this was for the other, and let me do that again. <laughs> Thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in. We appreciate y'all, you know, listening to our many tangents and rants. And just, I, I really wish that y'all could see like our facial expressions, but then not at the same time because then <laughs> I would be self conscious about the way that I look on camera. Um, but we're kind of hilarious. Um, I hope that one day we get really big and we do like live episodes. I was gonna say that. I was yes. like, maybe one day I could yes. put the Instagram on and like, I don't know, you know, like record the screen or some exactly. shit, upload it later. We're not that cool yet. We're not that cool not, yet. We will be. We're claiming it. We yes. will be doing, you know, live shows Manifesting one day where we'll be talking. Exactly. <gasps> maybe Our we'll shows get to meet get? the people from Ansel doing it. <gasps> <laughs> I would cry. Jack. 
I low key have Jack, a crush on Jack. Ooh, same, same, girl, same. And then they are like married or now, so oh, yeah. I'm like, fuck their this spouse shit. is hella cute too. Just saying. Ex- <laughs> also, same. Not hating on her, on or on them. I don't know uh, the partner's pronouns, but Jack, their voice. I'm just like, yes. Mm-hmm. You do something for me. You do something for me. Igual, you know? yes, Jack. If you ever listen to this, hi. <laughs> Hello, me llamo Maria Jose. If you if you're looking for a third, I also do uh, thruples. I've never done that before, but I'm willing to try for y'all. For Don't they y'all. teach at UCLA? Yeah, no, I think it's no. at SF State or something like that. It used or, to be no UCLA. San Jose. Okay, they went to school at UCLA. Oh, okay. But they just oh, finished their PhD, was, yeah. and so like they're teaching in like San Jose or something. I know too much about their life, mm. so I'm just like, let me <laughs> let me hop off of here before this becomes a. Let me tell you that I'm an aunt. Right. I'm doing it, fan girl. Same. Oh, and I love. Anyways, okay, not the point. We're saying bye. Um, go ahead, somebody finish it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so remember to follow us on all of our socials. Tune in for more episodes. And if y'all just have questions for us about the readings or about anything that we talked about in this episode, please let us know on Instagram or via email. Um, this is to my ex if she listened to this episode. Don't hit me up after this. Um, <laughs> it could have been another ex. If you think it's you, it's not you. It's someone else. I have a lot of exes. <laughs> So fuck We're you. talking about the most recent one. Oh, shut up. <laughs> Maybe it was somebody and after at, you. At it's not all about yeah. you, girl. Damn. Some okay. Anyways, please. Um. I really doubt she listened to it. But anyways, we are rate really- us five stars everywhere. Share it with your friends. Yes, please share it with your friends. Like when you're listening to it and you find like you know. If you figure out who my ex is, don't tag her on here, but let us know. <laughs> share a screenshot of the episode so that, and tag us in it so we can reshare it. Somebody's um, feeling really messy today. <laughs> listen, I was a sad girl all of June and July. I just chose violence. This was another episode of No Palabras Podcast. Thank you to our listeners for joining us. Make sure to catch us every two weeks for new episodes. Subscribe and rate us. Also follow us on Instagram at nopalabras.pod for updates and to continue the conversation. If you have questions, comments, and or book suggestions, you can email us at nopalabraspodcast at gmail.com. See y'all next time here at No Palabras Podcast, where we are a veces sin palabras, pero siempre palabreando con amor.